Welcome to our podcast on A Course in Miracles. We're so happy to have you with us this Sunday. And we'll start with an ode to the Divine Mother. This is ode number three. Divine Mother of Electronics. Divine Mother of Electronics, you come into my world through the invisible ethers and through those minute cables that transmit your messages from all my brothers around the world. At lightning speed, I receive the images of my friends halfway around your earth. As if by magic do we converse as though no distance holds us to a false separation. Into my computer you come. Into my emails you spread your messages. Patterns of light and color, letters and words, pictures appear out of nowhere, it seems, instantaneous. Mother of this media of the electronic age, what plan do you have for the salvation of the world? Are we closer to ending the separation among us? Does the screen that we watch so diligently enlighten our hearts and minds to a higher love? I am your faithful observer in a system of information technology. I watch the flow of data come in and go out of this electronic machine we can hardly live without. Give me your blessing, O Mother, to keep my usage clean and clear of all motives and guile. Bring to me in those millions of electrons the message I can be certain is from you. Send me the transmission of your confident guidance. Wow, that's pertinent to this age. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so, okay, so we're still working in these principles of miracles, the first 50 principles uh, in the first chapter, the meaning of miracles. And now we're on uh, 31 through 40, right, Sandra? Yeah, number 31. Miracles should inspire gratitude, not awe. You should thank God for what you really are. The children of God are holy, and the miracle honors their holiness, which can be hidden but never lost. Okay, well, miracles should inspire gratitude, not awe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that we're entitled to miracles, and we have, and it's said that miracles are natural, and when they're not occurring, something's gone off. So I think we have to see them as everyday events, um, and and grateful that we see them. And miracles aren't uh, instilling any awe in us. I mean. It said somewhere that even Jesus says, I, I am not uh, deserving of awe from you. Respect, yes, because I'm an older brother who's paid, played his part perfectly. 
but awe should be reserved for kind of a beatific vision that you have of God outside of time and outside of all physicality. You know, it's like if you met God in the room and, you know, at the burning bush, now that would be meritorious of awe. But miracles within the context of our everyday life and uh, undoing aspects of our ego, uh, which bring us more joy, of course, bring us more well-being, um, should should be met with gratitude, not awe. And mm. that's what that's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 32. I inspire all miracles, which are really intercessions. They intercede for your holiness and make your perceptions holy. By placing you beyond the physical laws, they raise you into the sphere of celestial order. In this order, you are perfect. Yeah, okay. So that's a level, you know, that's a level of your true self. And that's where all minds are joined and... um you know, the Christ has come to show you your holiness and you're aware of your holiness and you're aware of the holiness of others and you're connected, you know, whole whole, and holiness are very similar words. You're, you can't be holy without seeing the wholeness of yourself you're all integrated in all your levels and, and the wholeness of all your brothers and sisters and then the wholeness of all creation that you're united with. So, so that's your holiness and you know that, that alters your perception <clears throat> and it also takes you beyond the physical laws it says, right? Into a celestial yeah. order. Placing you beyond the physical laws into this celestial order. So so we have to give a little bit of attention to that. Like what what would it be in our mind aware of celestial order? Mm. How how would how would we respond to our day with that um, you know awareness in our mind if we're aware of this celestial order? Mm. Okay, number 33, miracles honor you because you are lovable. They dispel illusions about yourself and perceive the light in you. They thus atone for your errors by freeing you from your nightmares, by releasing your mind from the imprisonment of your illusions. They restore your sanity. Well, that's good. You are honored because you're lovable. And the miracle makes you get the, your, the light, makes you see the light in yourself. Freeing you from your nightmares, that's a, mm -hmm. that's a pretty uh, good thing. Yeah. They dispel illusions about yourself. They perceive the light in you. They atone for your errors and they free you from nightmares. Mm, that's a lot already. Yeah. By releasing your mind from imprisonment of your illusions, they restore your sanity. So, 
so that's uh, you know that's that's like the healing property of miracles it's it's like we're I don't somewhat imbalanced we're somewhat off course we're somewhat uh, not in our right mind and we need miracles to kind of restore us back to sanity back to right relationship with everything really people you know the elements um, all the aspects of our life and the miracles are the means of doing that yeah 34 miracles restore the mind to its fullness by atoning for lack they establish perfect protection the spirit's strength leaves no room for intrusions what Miracles restore the mind to its fullness. Yeah, that makes sense. And by atoning for lack, and they give you protection. They, but yeah. I didn't understand this. The spirit's strength leaves no room for intrusions. Oh well, yeah. So if you're in a miracle state, you wouldn't be intruded with. Well, you wouldn't be threatened. You wouldn't be attacked. Mm -hmm. You could be defenseless and yeah. be safe. Yeah. Uh, and they restore the mind to its fullness. By atoning for lack, they establish perfect protection. All right, so, I mean, a lot of our fears in life are not having enough, right? Mm. We don't have enough love. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough space. We don't have enough intelligence. You know, this kind of not enoughness is, is a lack, you know, it's like part of the ego's modus operandi is always to perceive lack. And miracles get you in the fullness of your being and of life and abundance. And there is no lack. Therefore, you're protected. You know, it's like you can give up all this uh, concern for the future and catastrophic thinking that's based on lack you know so i think that's pretty clear mm -hmm. miracles restore the mind to its fullness by atoning for lack and then you feel protected because mm -hmm. you're in this abundant aura you know the spirit's strength leaves no room for intrusions so it's kind of like a force field of providence you know that's that's uh, perpetrating your world, and um, yeah, it's 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 penetrating your being. It's perpetrating, you know, the good things in your world, and there's no lack. Mm -hmm. And in that, you're who you are as God created you, and there's nothing that can be threatened in that. In that. Miracles, okay, 35. Miracles are expressions of love, but they may not always have observable effects. Oh, you might feel the love, but you might not see any results. Well, um, let's just say you have a difficult relationship, like I have with my sister, okay? So... And every day I send her blessings. I have her picture, you know, in my 
in my clothes uh, wardrobe. Mm -hmm. And when I put my clothes on, I do a little blessing. I even touch the picture. I touch her heart. I touch my heart. I'm in the picture too. Mm -hmm. And there's a snowman in there. There's also a cherry tree. And and my grandmother's house, my grandfather's house, and the neighbor's house, and snow on the ground. And I and I really touch that picture. And I I feel like that's that's sending blessings, sending miracles, sending holy energy. Now, I may not observe any demonstrable change in my relationship with my sister, other than in my own heart, you know. Mm. But as far as an external shift or change, you may not see that. Mm. But it doesn't mean the miracle's not taking place. That's what that's saying. Yeah. Miracles are examples. Uh, oh, miracles are expressions of love. Yeah but they may not always have observable effects. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm expressing my love every morning and every mm -hmm. evening when I change my clothes, right? Mm -hmm. So twice a day I do this, and I may not observe uh, any, any effects, mm. but, but I have to just have faith that it's making a difference. Yeah, you know? okay. 36, miracles are examples of right thinking. Aligning your perceptions with truth as God created it. Yeah, okay. So truth is something uh, beyond perception. You know, it's, it's like um, when the Course talks about perception versus knowledge. You know, knowledge is something in the mind that transcends our five senses and transcends our own thinking. Um, it's like a it's like a celestial order. Mm. It's well, that's that's on the caliber of knowledge, you know. But per, but miracles are like in the world of perception. Um, miracles are examples of right thinking, aligning your perception with the truth as God created it. Okay, so it's, it's perception, but it's lining up your perception not to conflict mm. with the truth or not to conflict with knowledge. It's not knowledge. It's still perception, but it's like right perception. It's, it's like, okay, it, the Course talks about the world and the, the world being meaningless that we, the way we've made it up. But then it talks also about a forgiven world, and that is the world that's lined up with celestial order, that it's not in conflict with that order, right? So it's at peace, it's, it's grateful, it's happy, it's um, gra you know, uh, appreciative for life, honors life, it's, it's peaceful, it's nonviolent. You know, all those attributes of, of the truth are in the perception. So that's what that's saying. Uh, miracles are examples of right thinking, aligning your perception with the truth as God created mm. it. So, 37. A miracle is a correction introduced into false thinking by me. It acts as a catalyst, breaking up 
erroneous perception and reorganizing it properly. This places you under the atonement principle where perception is healed. Until this has occurred, knowledge of the divine order is impossible. Yeah, okay. Well, so it's a correction. Yeah. And it breaks up erroneous perception. Yeah, okay. And the miracle places you under the atonement. Okay. So that's pretty clear, right? Yeah, I mean. When you have wrong thinking, wrong-mindedness, you're, you're suffering, you're angry, you're guilty, you know, all these negative um, states of being. And the miracle is an expression of love that comes in and breaks all that up and tries to restore you back to balance, back to right-mindedness. So that's pretty clear. Yeah. 38, the Holy Spirit is the mechanism of miracles. He recognizes both God's creations and your illusions. He separates the true from the false by his ability to perceive totally rather than selectively. Okay, well... The Holy Spirit... Well, I mean, Jesus is not separate from the Holy Spirit, really, right? No, nor is the divine mind. Yeah, so the Holy Spirit is the mechanism. Yeah, okay, so that means it's it's the medium for miracles. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the you know, uh, it's interesting that that word mechanism, um, you, you have to have a kind of uh, order, structure of how you relate to the Holy Spirit. And in that, it's a, it's a mechanism, but it's also a mechanism that doesn't have any form. You know, it's, it's, it's like, well, the Holy Spirit is when you've, you've given up all other options and you're having faith in this uh, energy that you can't see, smell, touch, feel, taste. You know, it's... Uh, it's a kind of non-physical, um, you know, energy that that transforms things, um, brings about the miraculous, and restores order and undoes your illusions. Um, but you have to let it do its work. It's like the mechanism doesn't involve you other than you're making the space for it to happen. You're not doing anything to change. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to enact the change, mm-hmm. you know? And you're just trying to bring yourself to um, a still place, an empty place, a silent place, and letting the Holy Spirit uh, enact the miracle. Mm-hmm. And that's a mechanism. How you structure that relationship is is um, you know has a particular order, which is yeah you have to ask the Holy Spirit in, and then you have to let go of all the silly things that you do to try to fix things, hmm. okay. you know, hmm. and then and then you gotta let the Holy Spirit do the work. 
Yeah, and you have to have the faith that the Holy Spirit is doing the work, even though you can't see how it's doing it, you know? Okay, 39, the miracle dissolves error because the Holy Spirit identifies error as false or unreal. This is the same as saying that by perceiving light, darkness automatically disappears. Read that again. The miracle dissolves error. Okay. Because the Holy Spirit identifies error as false or unreal. Okay. This is the same as saying that by perceiving light, darkness disappears. Yeah, okay. So, so I, I love to use this example of, you know, for centuries uh, mankind thought the world was flat. Yeah. And, and they behaved as though it was, and they didn't sail out too far into the ocean because they thought they'd drop off the edge. So... You know, but the world was not flat. Mm. So at some point, they discovered that. And then all of a sudden, the behavior of a flat earth no longer existed. Mm. It was like corrected overnight, you know, or over a period of time. But there's only before and after this discovery that the world is round, you know, and that you could sail around it. So, so that's kind of like, well, there was an illusion, there was a false belief, and then when the truth came, the false belief was like, poof, up mm -hmm. in smoke, you know? Yeah. Like if there's darkness, and you turn the light switch on, and the light comes on in the room, where's the darkness? There's no darkness. All of a sudden, there's no darkness. So... It's like once you see the light, there, there's no darkness. It's gone instantly, and you can hardly imagine that it ever was there. Yeah. Okay, 40. The miracle acknowledges everyone as your brother and mine. It is a way of perceiving the universal mark of God. Yeah, so, okay. That's clear. Everyone is our brother, no matter what their socioeconomic status is, no matter what their moral standard is, um, you know, they could be, you know, rapists and murderers. And still, yes, they're severely misguided and severely, uh, you know, under the illusion of their ego. Uh, but there's still a spark in them that is connected to their divine source. I mean, they're, they're created by a benevolent creator, and no matter what their, um, you know, going off, falling into the pit, however great that is, they still have a spark of the divine creator in them. And I think, you know, that's sometimes hard when, when, uh, They've done dastardly deeds that have affected many people, but we still have to see that essentially uh, the human being has this divine spark, this divine creation in them, and that's what we have to see. Now, you have to use spiritual wisdom. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't entrust your car keys with, you know, uh, a felon who's robbed 
a hundred banks, you know. Mm -hmm. So you got to use spiritual wisdom, but it's still saying you've got to see the holiness of everybody, right. no matter what their their uh, mistakes have been. Well, this is good. Anything else you want to say today? No, that's good. We have ten more after this. Okay. So I just want to say thank you to everybody for listening to this podcast. And today is Sunday, so we're going to give our one o'clock talk, uh, one o'clock Eastern time, USA. And um, yeah, join us if you like. <laughs>